Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new fiction podcast for all ages. When a fellow student vanishes, Max starts to look into the disappearance. Her investigation draws her deep into the dark woods around Hastings and even deeper into the secrets and lies that course through the veins of this sleepy town. This new YA mystery from writer-director Lauren Shippen is an audio drama with heart and wit that involves the audience in a way no fiction podcast ever has. Listen to Maxine Miles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Cassidy Zachary. And I am April Callahan. And we are fashion historians. Yep. And co-hosts and the creators of the podcast Dressed, the History of Fashion, which is dedicated to investigating the significance of dress from throughout history and around the world. And we are so excited to bring you a brand new season celebrating groundbreaking fashion figures and exploring the history of everything from corsets to blue jeans. Dressed, the History of Fashion is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Hi, guys. I'm Jade Iovine, and I host Tell Me About It, the podcast that is the antithesis of a success story podcast, where we leave things like girl boss energy and lucky breaks at the door and instead celebrate and commiserate about all the things that make us human. This is the podcast manifestation of those conversations you have with your best friend at 4 a.m., We have all kinds of women from all different walks of life, like Gwen Stefani, Steph Shep, Amanda Knox, Lala Kent, Raven Simone, and JoJo. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This episode is brought to you in iHeart 3D audio. For maximum effect and fun, headphones are recommended. If we had a theme song for our fantasy football league, what would it be? Wow. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Um, don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> I don't know. Really? That's the first thing that popped into my head. Welcome to the Jungle was mine, but I don't even know that that makes any sense. Hi there. It's me, Rain Wilson. I played Dwight K. Schrute on The Office on NBC. But more importantly, on The Office Fantasy Football League, I am the manager of Satan's Ballerinas. Hi guys, welcome to a very special edition of The Office Deep Dive. I, well, I'm your host, Brian Baumgartner, but I may sound a little different. You might notice things a little different, right? Well, that's because we're not in a studio, no. We're at one of my, well, favorite establishments here in San Diego, California, getting ready to cheer on the Green Bay Packers. That's right, football is back, baby. But before we get to enjoying the game, I hope, uh, I told you before I was going to bring back some of the other managers of our fantasy football league, and that's what I'm going to do today. Today's guest is none other than Mr. Seahawk, Mr. Rain Wilson himself. Now, Rain has been a part of our league since the very beginning like myself, uh, some might say he's old as time. Okay, nobody says that, but he does have a certain uh, reputation, if you will, in the league for being, uh, how do I put this? He, he's a trash talker, okay? He, he, he likes to stir the pot, but hey, that's what makes us love him, right? Or at least tolerate him. Uh, now, Rain and I, we're gonna go deep. This is a deep dive. After all, we're going to talk everything from the kickoff of the football season uh, to some of his big new projects, his adventures, and the meaning of the universe. So that's right. This is this this is going to be a big one. That's what she said. So settle in, grab a cold one if you want. No pressure. I definitely will. And get ready for the incredible, the unmistakable Rain Wilson. Squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. I was going to say I have absolutely the worst fantasy football team in our league, but then I looked at yours. <laughs> But I don't understand how, with my, the team that I have, I don't understand how I got 76 points. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into, well, discussing some of life's big questions and Dwight Schrute. But we're, we're here for some football. Rain, 17th year of the Office Fantasy Football League. First off, let's, let's talk about the draft a little bit. Now, 
we did the draft. We did a Zoom draft. Yes. And, and, a, and a snake draft, not an auction draft. A snake, yep. a snake draft, not an auction draft. Oh, and we were on Zoom, most of us, most, almost all of us. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say this. I thought that the, the Zoom idea is great, but nobody talked and everyone was looking at their sheets and the thing. So every time I would look at the Zoom, all you see are people looking down or looking straight ahead, <laughs> but not looking at the camera. They're looking at their things. It's That's true. Ki- it's kind of ridiculous. I feel that like. is true. That it, it was kind of silly. It was not. It was kind of a letdown socially, and it wasn't. It wasn't the rip roaring fun I thought it would be. I was the one who pushed for a Zoom. Although you had done it last year, but I couldn't do it last year. And last year was more fun. I don't know why. Yeah. I, well, people are take they take it seriously. People and do, well, they should. Yes, they do take it. Now you. you I would say you take it as seriously as anyone. Sure. Yeah, I take it very seriously. Now, you you played... David Wallace. Yes, you played David Wall- Wallace and son, and, and it's yep. mostly his son. Yeah, and they smoked me. And Tyreek Hill, 32 points. Kelsey, 30, 23 points. Uh, Jamar Chase from Cincinnati, 19 points. Robbie Gould from San Francisco got 14. Um, give me a break. That's more than Austin Eckler, my first pick, the kicker from San Francisco. So, But what about all the Office fans listening right now going, I don't play fantasy football. I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not that concerned about that right now because here's the thing. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want I want to I want to talk about 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 me for a second and our friend John Krasinski we had our draft at an at a normal time in the United States he was in Romania the the point about bringing him up is that I played him and because he was traveling in Romania he was auto drafting and he destroyed destroyed me I mean that's particularly frustrating like he got Jalen Hurts who scored, I don't know, 72 points. Yeah, he's got 30, 35 points from Jalen Hurts, who would have thunk it, Aaron Rodgers, 1.32. Your good buddy, Aaron Rodgers, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was not the best week for the Packers, and yeah. certainly for me, it's very frustrating. What's, what's the name of your team? Satan's Ballerinas. That's my old school name. Sometimes I mix it up when I have a good pun. My I have another league where I drafted uh, is an auction league. I drafted Russell Wilson, and um, I call it "Let Russ Cook Meth." Why? Why is he cooking meth? I don't know. Because everyone says "Let Russ Cook." That's kind of the Seattle chant because yes. they want him to get unleashed so he can just kind of do his thing, which they're finally starting to let him do. And he threw for four touchdowns, and he's kind of unstoppable, but. I like let Russ cook meth because it makes me laugh. You, you have well, you you have Jason Myers. You have the kicker. You have <laughs> that's all I have. You have Seattle. you have no other. Was that disappointing for you? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna trade for someone. I'm gonna get someone going here. How do you feel about Seattle this year? I feel really good about Seattle, but there are some other teams out there that are really, you know, the Rams are are going to be uh, tough to beat this year. The NFC and, West uh, is going to be tough across the board. 
Yeah, and and Arizona as well, and uh, I think there's going to be a few others that that pop out there. And and Tampa Bay was looking surprisingly stout after their Super Bowl win on Game One against a tough Dallas team. Listen to us; we should have our own ESPN show. I mean, really, shouldn't we? Sh- I Do mean, we want to talk about the Office at all? We- I feel bad for the people going. Eh, eh, want to talk about the Office? <laughs> Well, we will, we will, we will talk about the office, but I talked to Steven Sox recently, our commissioner of the fantasy football league. Yep. He told us that you offer the worst trades to anyone in the league. Yeah, now that's is probably this, true. Now is this, do you, when you're, when you're proposing that trade, are you just hoping that the other person is not paying attention? No, I, when you offer a trade, it's like, it's like you go to a, a, a market in Morocco and you're like. Oh, that's a nice rug. How much is it? $90. You know what? I'll give you 30. Oh, you oh, you're crazy. Okay, 60. Uh, I'll give you 37. Okay. And you meet and you you buy it at $50. That's you know what I mean? You, like That's how you're supposed to do the draft or a yeah, trading? That's how you do a trade too. So it's like when I say like, "Oh, I'll trade you, you know, um Ryan Tannehill for Russell Wilson." That means like we're gonna meet in the middle. We're gonna find something like like work with me here. Work with me. That's my idea. Is that you kind of work it along. But some people are like they get insulted and like no, and and, and then it's done. So. What, what about what if I what if I offered you Ezekiel Elliott for Austin Eckler? I would seriously consider that. Do you want to try it? Do you want to consummate that right now? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, let's, let's, do, let's it. do it. Ezekiel Elliott for Austin Eckler. Yep. We're done. And and now we have a trade. Done. Consummated publicly. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So what what else is going on with you besides fantasy? What are you are there any work projects that are happening right now? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking, Brian. Um <laughs> I uh I just did a movie with Brian Cranston and Annette Benning called Jerry and Marge Go Large. And uh, it was a very funny and interesting film. I'm really uh, excited for people to see it. It's a, based on a true story about this couple in Michigan that figured out that this certain lottery game, if they played it the right way, they could be guaranteed winners. So they got all the people in their small town in Michigan to over the years to be playing this lottery game and made dozens and dozens of people, I won't say like millionaires, but kind of saved their town, essentially. Now, wait a um, second. This is a, this is a true, this is based on a true, true story. story. True story. I've yes. heard this story. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing story. And the name of the article, if you want to Google it, is Jerry and Marge Go Large. And I play a supporting role of the guy who runs the liquor store where they buy all their thousands of lottery tickets. Okay. But, um, I kind of come along for the ride. So it that's it was it was a lot of fun working with Brian again and people who know that he directed the work bus episode of The Office. That's Terrific right. director, multi-talented human being, great human being. And uh I shot in Atlanta, your hometown, okay. which I have to say was the first time I've shot there. I've been through a bunch of times. I loved it. Atlanta is an amazing town. Great food, culture, diversity, vibrant traffic sucks but yeah. it was really uh phenomenal where and then i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do uh 
apart on this new AMC limited series called Dark Winds, which I know sounds a lot like farts. Warm winds would be more so, but yeah. dark winds. Okay, go ahead. It sounds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Sounds like farts. So I'm going to go do that for a, a few days. And and then I got a bunch of other things. Yeah, I'm always cooking up stuff, Brian. You're I got a lot of stuff. No, I, I know you're always cooking up stuff. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, for one moment, I want to go back to your other movie. I did a, let's see if I can reconstruct the plot of this. The first movie I ever did was called Herman USA. Okay. okay? And it was about a small town 
that, oh gosh, I don't want to mess this up, that had too many men in it and not <laughs> enough women. Okay. And, the, and the town was dying. And so they similarly put out an ad basically like we're looking for women to come to town basically to try to get the ratio up. And it worked. And that town was saved as well. Herman USA available. I have no <laughs> idea where from somewhere circa late nineties ish. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So I did a, I did a, I did a movie like that. Atlanta, where, not your address, but where were you, what area were you staying in Atlanta? I stayed at uh, 84 Willoughby Street. <laughs> Why? I just literally said, don't give the address. No, that's where I stayed. It's an Airbnb. You can oh, go. Oh, my God. You can go rent the Airbnb that I stayed in. And then think about you in that Airbnb? Yep. And the things yep. that you did there? I didn't do anything nefarious, I promise you. <laughs> It's a hard time for hiring, so you need a hiring partner built for hard times. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert Laura Vanderkam teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, 
and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hear you also, uh, you have a new pet. <laughs> we have a, my wife is insane, which I love. Right. She's, it, it's very funny. There is a picture of her that she has framed on her desk of her feeding these geese that are on her porch or her deck, like in the seventies when she's a child, she's a little girl in a white dress, like just just with eyes filled with wonder, feeding these geese. Right. And she loves animal. I mean, she's animal gaga crazy. And she has horses at a nearby uh, stables. And this is a true story. Her horse died, which was very sad, but it was old. It was about 26 years old and it had some health problems. Her white horse named Gus died. And then they cleared it out. They left the stall empty and then moved into the stall a week, two weeks later was a white peacock. It really was a peahen, a white peahen, female peacock. And Wait, moved just in, moved in. Like it, on its own? Yeah. There's no one knows where it came from. They'd never seen it before. They'd never see any peahens in the area. All of a sudden it was just living in this stall. Why? No joke. A white peacock. It couldn't stay in the in the stables because it was flapping around and spooking the horses. <laughs> so, and we learned, by the way, that peacocks are the largest flying birds. I always thought like a condor was bigger, but I guess a peacock's heavier than a condor. So, okay, she trained it to go get bird feed in a uh, a big pen, and then closed the pen, and we brought it and brought this peacock Alma, which means soul in Spanish. Alma to our house. So now we have, in fact, <laughs> I'm looking at Alma right now, right outside my window. She likes to sit in this olive tree and groom herself and look in at me in the window. That is so. crazy. And it won't, yeah. it doesn't fly away. It likes no. its home. It like, cause we feed it. We give it some bird seed and berries and stuff like that. Wow. So, so you have horses. You also have my favorite of your animals and what I didn't know that it existed before, a zonkey. We have a zonkey, yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a, a zebra-donkey hybrid named Derek. But now do you have the zonkey because you like the word zonkey? Because that's why I would have it. I do love the word zonkey, but this is my wife again. I think this is what happens when you marry a, a minor television celebrity and you have too much time on your hands. She saw a zonkey... <laughs> And she was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It has zebra stripes, but looks like a donkey. And then she Googled zonkeys. And the first thing that came up was zebrasrus.com. Okay. She went to zebrasrus.com, which used to be located in Riverside, California. She called them. She's like, do you sell zonkeys? And they said, well, as a matter of fact, we just had a new zonkey <laughs> yes. that was born yesterday. <laughs> named, it didn't have a name. And for $3,500... When he's six weeks old and can be weaned from his mother, we will have him delivered to your house. 
and we had a horse corral behind our house. And my wife was like, okay, <laughs> here's my credit card number. <laughs> and it was that six, easy. Six weeks later, there was a zonkey at our house. Oh, my God. And this is why people hate the elites of Hollywood. <laughs> you, have a, you have a white semi-albino peacock. Yes. Horses. Okay. A, zon- a zonkey. We also have a donkey named Chili Beans. And by the way, Chili Beans is adorable. And donkeys are the best animals in the world. I love donkeys. They're just sweet. They're cuddly. They're loyal. They're just wonderful. Highly recommend. And then in our backyard, we have two pigs, Snortington and Amy. <laughs> yeah. And then we have two pit bulls. Right. Rescues. Yes. Uh, Poe and Diamond. Right. Yeah. So your so your dogs you rescue, your yeah. your more exotic the animals. Pigs are rescue you, too. You and pay for chili beans a rescue. Derek is not a rescue. Derek is a genetic monstrosity. <laughs> the zonkey. Yes, because they, they put the spermatozoa. Oh God! Of the Here we go. go ahead. Oh, no, uh, go you have ahead. a problem with spermatozoa? You no, can't no. say that on your show. No, go ahead. You can say spermatozoa, spermatozoa, potato, potato. Go ahead. You put you in. You put the spermatozoa into to fertilize the female donkey, the zebra spermatozoa into the what? Into the vagina, right? Of the donkey. Okay, that's how it thereby works. Thereby creating. Derek the Zonkey. Okay, so now this is a perfect transition because for, for those of you listening, are we going to talk about The Office? For Christ's sake, here, Brian, this is here, an abomination. If, on the set of The Office, this is this is what I'm going at. Now, I've talked to several people about this, right? And, and about certain actors' personalities. And for me, and I think for most, you are a crazy dichotomy, right? Because you are spiritual, which I want to talk about in a minute. Incredibly spiritual, thoughtful, lover of people and the world. And you are the crudest, most inappropriate. Because <laughs> now, if we were on the set of the, I don't, I mean, you talk about, people talk about you couldn't do the office today. You couldn't do the office today. The reason you couldn't do the office today is because you on set and the description, <laughs> and I was baiting you a little, the description that you would have given publicly to everyone on set, cast, and crew about how exactly the zonkey was created would have been way more triple X rated than what you just did. And yeah. you happened to use, well, you were trying to use scientific terms. But yes, go ahead. Go ahead. No, this, and this is interesting because I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a spiritual person. I I aspire to be a spiritual person, which is a person who's thoughtful and of service and connected to, you know, the reality of God and the the beauty and harmony of the universe. And I seek to kind of let that joy seep through what I who I am as a human being. But at the same time, yes, I am an inappropriate, raunchy little 13-year-old at heart. Yeah. And that's just part of who I am. So, And I also play these weird characters on, on television comedy. So people, it's kind of weird when people see me talking about the Baha'i faith or, you know, spiritual concepts or conversations. And they're like, wait, this is the guy who played... Dwight and was always taking his shirt off and was telling <laughs> fart jokes on the set of the office. Fart jokes? Well, worse. Worse. Yes. Yeah. 
So there's some dichotomy there, but it's all it's all in good fun, and it's all to uplift the spirits, Brian. It's all to uplift the spirit. I want to go into this with you a little bit because people ask what you're most thankful for about you know working on the office or or things that I've gotten from it, and I think in truth the tremendously powerful messages that I hear from people that the show has given some comfort in in very difficult times that for me, that, that gift that people give back to me or to us is the greatest gift that, that we have. I mean, you know, service members overseas or someone who's gone through, you know, having a medical issue or a medical procedure or watching the show in the hospital that it gives great comfort. And my point is, I don't feel like that was ever something we talked about. I felt like we were just kind of being idiots and trying to create this funny show and that sort of underlying comfort or nostalgia. Some people have said that wasn't something that we were trying for, right? You know, you said that perfectly, and I 100% agree with everything that you said. And it was literally the most surprising thing about doing The Office for me. And it started relatively soon, where, you know, people early on in season two, they started saying, oh, I love the show. And then, you know, season three, you know, oh, I watch the show, we watch it together as a family. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing these, like, you know, our parents were getting a divorce and the siblings, we would all gather and watch The Office. And it was a time when we could just laugh together. Or my sister had cancer and we would watch it in the in the hospital. And then the stories would just go on and on and on of how much the laughter, camaraderie, bonhomie, uplifting kind of spirit of what we created And by we, I don't just mean the actors. I mean, Greg Daniels being our leader really set the tone and the great writer's room that we had and directors and the whole crew. It carried through, you know, the the love that we had on the set carried through into the characters and into that world. And it has brought a lot of joy to, to people and solace and especially during this pandemic. And I, you're absolutely right, Brian. While we were shooting it, that was not what I was thinking about. No. None of us were there kind of going, wow, this, the laughter that we generate will bring so much peace to people's aching hearts in the world. We just were like, you know, maybe Dwight could take his shirt off in this scene, right. you know, and what if Kevin right. bumped into the furniture or something, you know? Right. But uh, what a wonderful uh, bounty. And you're right. It's it's the thing I am the most grateful for. If I have to look in my whole life, you know, if I'm going to set aside gratitude for my wife and son and you know, wonderful things in my family. Professionally, what am I most grateful for? The fact that I got to be a part of the office and that it has uplifted people's lives. Yes. Well, you actually just said something that had not occurred to me that I think is really interesting. We did truly care about each other Mm. and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that, that there may be something there that on screen people can appreciate and observe as truth. Yeah, I think that carries through. You know, I think the the warm, supportive, loving environment that we created on the set kind of seeped into Dunder Mifflin as kind of like, 
the whole idea is that it's a it's a cold place and a weird place and an alienated place and we're in these cubicles and we have this terrible boss and whatnot but there is there was a family that we created i couldn't i can't believe and i couldn't believe the number of teenagers who said like i want to work at a place like thunder mifflin (laughs) no you don't i have worked and soul-sucking offices before you do not want to do it and they don't have that same camaraderie and yeah but you know what's crazy i i had the opportunity to talk to a, a television critic actually emily vanderwerf and she said something about that point right there that is fascinating Working in a dying industry in a in as drab a place as possible, that there is now a nostalgia hmm. for that because now it's become way more corporate and commercial. You know, it's like the difference between Dunder Mifflin and Staples or whatever. Like we talk about it in the show. Yeah. But the transition to today and you're graduating college and you're looking for a job that there is sort of a, a weird d- nostalgia yeah for a small old fashioned office building people getting together and selling things good old fashioned mad men capitalism <laughs> i was just reading an article today about how the auto industry is dying like auto dealerships that whole model is dying you know with like carvana and online sales and stuff like that and i do think like 10 years from now there's it's going to be a lot less auto dealerships and maybe there's a time when we're like we long for like a good old-fashioned car dealership where you get to walk in and look at the cars never like a car museum never although no and no i i can't stand car dealerships but i i i I don't know is it age is it just like my personality i i need to feel and touch something (laughs) that's what he said i need that's uh, what uh, they said thank you no, but I the online stuff is really difficult for me, like shopping fully online. I mean, you know, toilet paper well, or you're whatever. It's you like, don't like oh, the okay. car dealerships, and you don't like to shop online. Yeah, cars are different. What are you going to do? Well, I think the... Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The issue with the car dealerships is I feel like intentionally the car industry, here we go, we're talking about the car industry, the price of car has always been a mystery, and now you can find out more and more. And like that whole idea yeah. of like, well, let me go talk to my manager. Now it's like you go online at some of these sites, and you're like, no, this is what the car costs. This is what you can get it for me. Like that. I think the whole thing is a scam. We should just go to the assembly line, and they come off, and they say, here's how much the car is. Like, here you go, and drive it away, you know? I'm with you. I'm with All you. Right. I, I agree. We're going to fix capitalism, Brian. We're gonna, you and I, two characters yes. on a comedy television show. Sitcom. We're going to fix. We're going to fix capitalism. <laughs> Speaking of, I want you to tell people about the amazing organization you and your wife founded, Lide Haiti. I know you've been there a number of times. There was just another earthquake in the region. Tell me about how that is going, and and how are your how are your people there doing? Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I went to Haiti before the big earthquake. So we were there in 2009 and we visited all over. We stayed there for like nine or 10 days. We really fell in love with the country. And then the giant earthquake hit in 2010 and, you know, 300,000 people lost their lives. One of the biggest natural disasters in human history. And we knew we needed to do something. We both volunteered for this UN-sponsored arts workshop with adolescent girls that were all living on a the one golf course in Haiti got turned into a refugee camp. So we were teaching there. And 
We saw the power of teaching the arts and literacy to adolescent girls and learn more about kind of girls' education. Michelle Obama, her whole thing is girls' education. This is a very, it's one of the most effective means of, of creating social change and real economic change in a country is through girls' education. So we, along with our good friend, Dr. Catherine Adams, uh, who recently passed away, we started Lide Haiti in rural Haiti teaching girls. We're now in about 11 locations teaching about, working with about 800 girls. We do scholarships. We have a computer lab. We do tutoring and a lot of health work because you can't disregard health. There's a food program that's connected as well. But I haven't been able to go down to Haiti in about two or three years because there's been a great political unrest down there. Okay. We just hired a new, like I said, Catherine passed away earlier this year of cancer. Uh, it was very sad. We were able to hire a, a, a new in-country director who's wonderful, and she's Haitian. Her name's Regine, and um, we'll be going down soon. Uh, and in the, we did have programs in the South, right, where the recent earthquake hit. So we just took a camera crew down there and and documented kind of what was happening. And fortunately, our, our girls are all right. Many lost family members, however, mm. and um, we're trying to kind of shore up that that program. And um, it's been great because basically what I do, Brian, is every year, in fact, very soon, I'm going to be launching a Prizio campaign to raise money. And I whore myself out as Dwight and I take all that money and I put it all into Lida Haiti and I'm able to raise, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year just from doing that. And it, and it's great. It's worked out great. So it's a, it's a wonderful organization and it's, it's really challenging and also really fun to be working on it with my wife as well. And we have an amazing Haitian staff, incredible Haitian staff, 25 Haitian employees that are good friends of ours that we collaborate with. That's awesome. Yeah. If people who are listening, they, they want to get involved, where, sh where should they go? Uh, LideHaiti.org. L-I-D-E. Lide, L-I-D-E, Haiti.org. Yeah. Okay, great. And, and follow you, us on social, on Instagram, Lide Haiti on Instagram. And and I know e even when we were working together on the office, I mean, this is something you've been doing for, for a decade now, and I know made huge impact there in Haiti. We try. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour. If you could find a way to get inside each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk, Walk a mile, mile in, in my, my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide to this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Well, so you've got fantasy football. That's basically enough for me. You're also just shot a movie going to shoot this other show you're working with lee de haiti and you also have a new new ish podcast metaphysical milkshake how did that come about so uh, a long time ago while i was doing the office some friends of mine and i started a, a digital media company called soul pancake and some of you may know some of the videos we had a very successful youtube channel we did shows like kid president and yep my last days and a lot of viral video hits. Yeah, I did a music video. You did Let's... do a music video. Yeah, we. That was really fun. You were great in, in that. In pajamas, wonderful. Yes, I did a little show on that called Metaphysical Milkshake because I love deep philosophical conversations. I just love to kind of dig into the the biggest possible big ideas, and that's something I've always loved to do ever since I was a preteen. So. Along with my friend, Dr. Reza Aslan, who is a fantastic uh, historian, writer, commentator, we started this podcast, uh, Metaphysical Milkshake, which is exploring life's big questions uh, with some of the biggest authors and thinkers and movers and shakers out there. We've had Malcolm Gladwell on the show and uh, Naomi Klein, so many great thinkers. And the topics are all over the place. You know, it's it can be... This week, we're interviewing, I'm so excited, this guy, Avi Loeb, who's an astrophysicist from Harvard who has this new book, Extraterrestrial. It's all about uh, the, the search for alien life. It's a great, great book. And so sometimes it's science, sometimes philosophy, sometimes spirituality. We're unafraid to talk about, you know, God and life and death and the soul. And so that's been really fun. We've been doing this uh, for cast media, and there's you know, there's about 20 episodes out. They come out about every week or so. Uh, you can subscribe wherever you get your fine podcasts. You're talking to great thinkers. I haven't been on yet. Oh, God. How did we let that happen? I mean, great thinkers wow. of our day. I don't know. I think that I... When we think about some life's big questions that might be involved with topics like golf and fantasy football. Yes. You know, I, I I don't know why I'm even I know I'm setting myself up here even beginning this subject, but I have to tell you that for me golf does bring me to a place of spirituality. And this is not a I'm this is not a joke. I know I'm opening myself up, but I know it's not a joke. For me, I believe it's the, it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, I don't specifically meditate. I will at times try to take moments of quiet, but for me on the golf course, it is the only time where everything else 
falls away from me, which I feel like is a form of meditating. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is strictly about accomplishing this one task and finding focus Mm -hmm. on that one thing allows everything else to go away. Any other anxieties or work or family stresses or anything else goes away. And it's simply me attempting to accomplish one goal, which is to get the ball in the hole. Is that weird? Does that count? No, I relate to that completely. Now, I do have a meditation practice, but as you know, I play a lot of tennis. We used to play tennis together and you are a pretty damn good tennis player and you used to kick my butt sometimes. Not all the time, well, most of the time. But I've gotten a lot better since then. That was like 12 years ago. But I feel the same way about tennis because I think there's something beautiful about sport because it forces you to be in the moment. So when I'm on the tennis court, the only thing that exists is that green yellow ball and where is it and how am I going to address it? So all of my natural, I'm a very anxious person. My anxiety lifts away and I'm simply in my body, breathing, moving and witnessing this ball and it's exhilarating. And all of a sudden you're done playing tennis an hour and a half, two hours later, and you're like, you just feel so refreshed and and uplifted because you haven't been looking at your phone and you haven't been pondering things and obsessing over things. And you've just been in the moment and been outside. It's it's glorious. So I relate. Yes. You see, here's what we did. We just talked about a life's big question, just like this, irreverently with fun, and and in a relatable way, and that's what we try and do on metaphysical milkshake. Oh well, that doesn't seem so hard. Yeah, I, see? no, I, I think I could be a guest then. Yeah, I think if so. That's if it's as easy as that. Well, there you have it. Do you have a favorite big question to ponder, or one that you're currently pondering? Well, I think all of the life's big questions that are the most meaningful to me are: we're living in really difficult times, and with climate change, with political divisions, with racism, with fears of international divisions and uh, saber rattling going on, economic uh, insecurity. It, it's a really difficult time to be alive. And I have, you have kids and I have a teenage son. And for so many young people, this mental health epidemic is really extreme uh, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. It's a very difficult time. So anytime that you have a question about like, what what is my life's purpose? Like, why are we here? And what can we do on two levels? One, make the world a better place, but also to give our lives kind of a deep, satisfying, rich wellness and wholeness. So those two things go hand in hand, I believe. Like, we feel more rich and fulfilled and more well the more we're giving to others and the more we give to others the more rich and whole and and fulfilled we f- we feel so i think that's what young people need to think about there's so many uh young folk just have given up you know it's just like why should i care it's all the world's going to hell and everything's falling apart anyway but you know we can make a difference we need to make a difference And in making a difference, you will find your fulfillment and eventually your enlightenment. Excellent. On a a recent episode uh, of the podcast, you mentioned that you were raised by aliens, not wolves. 
Well, first of all, what does that what does that mean to you? <laughs> so, you know, this goes back to Dwight. So, yeah. my parents were world class weird, and I had a very fractured uh, family, and it was a difficult place and way to get raised. I did not have a wholesome, loving familial unit. My mom, who was a just a crazy hippie. Took off when I was two, and this is in the late 60s. Uh, my dad raised me. He had been traumatized with a really horrific childhood. Then he married my stepmom. They didn't love each other. They were She was a very odd duck herself. So we had on the surface what looked like a normal human family. I mean, we had meatloaf, and we'd watch episodes of MASH or Cheers or whatever right. what is on the television. Right. Um, and it and it it would seem you know they would drive me to soccer practice or what have you but it seemed like a family but it really wasn't a family so they were so kind of odd and disconnected and awkward that I didn't know how to fit in so I felt like I was being raised literally like third rock from the sun like in an alien family where right. I was my goal was to like. How do normal people act in the world? Because I don't, I'm sure not getting it from my parents. So, and I do think that that ultimately, that awkwardness has helped me play roles like Dwight because uh, I'm good at playing misfits and outsiders and loners and, and, and weirdos. And I've, I've played a lot of them, not just Dwight. I've played a couple dozen of those along my path as an actor. But I think it all comes from, from my childhood, it all stems from that really weird petri dish that I grew up in. Yeah. Well, it's so much occurs to me about that, but mostly, I mean, you are, you know, for people who haven't seen Rain either on the stage, I've said this before, this is public, or in other movies. I mean, Rain is truly one of the great actors. And he, like I, are, are very interested in human behavior and creating a character physically, emotionally, you know, creating a character by using all aspects of a person to create that mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that helped you? I mean, you're having to, you're having to observe others to, to figure out how you should behave when you're a kid. Do you feel like that helped you? Uh, as an actor or made you want to become an actor at that point? Like that study of human behavior? Yeah, that, that's a, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms. That's a great question. You know, yes. I mean, I was always, because I was such an outsider and I didn't really know how to act and I'm naturally just kind of weird. The, the study of people and learning from them and, kind of watching how humans work and what makes humans tick is definitely a same set of skills that one needs as an actor. So I'm sure there's a correlation there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, no need even to respond unless you have one, but, you know, this speaks to, you know, he just talked, Rain just talked about some deep stuff, very candidly about his family, yet I know you and you have a relationship with your mom and had a mm -hmm. very close relationship with your dad and mm -hmm. your, your ability to not judge people 
obviously including your family is, um, well, it's a very special thing about you. Well, Brian, you're so kind and thank you. Thank you so much. I, I do judge people way too much and I need <laughs> to work on that on my spiritual journey. But I think, you know, listen, we're all just, we're very flawed, all of us. God bless us all. Just like the characters in the office. We're just, we're flawed people and we want to be loved and we're, we struggle and we make mistakes, big, big mistakes. So we have to forgive everyone, you know, our our parents, ourselves, the characters like, you know, Michael Scott and, and Dwight Schrute and Kevin Malone that are just doing their best. And I think that that human, that basic human spark of humanity that it drove the office, you know, these are people wanting to connect and wanting to be loved and wanting to have meaning and wanting to fit in and be liked and and that everyone has character flaws. Even Pam and Jim have character flaws and they're working them out over the course of the show. We never really get much, we get a little better. Dwight is at the end of the show has a little bit, a little bit more wisdom yes. than when he began. So that was cool to be a part of that very slow. You can't have a, one of the problems with TV comedies is that everyone gets very wise very quickly. And then after two seasons, it's a different character than when they started. You've got to have these deeply flawed characters striving to be human, and you've got to have them continue to be flawed or maybe even more flawed season seven, eight, nine, so that it's still interesting and funny to watch. You, right. can't, have a, you can't have the office with a Michael Scott who's self-aware, you right. know? So, right. Well, and, and maybe that, maybe, maybe that is how uh, the office helps to answer or at least pose one of life's big questions that mm. that flawed individuals there's a humanity there's a love that exists even amongst flawed individuals and and i don't know maybe gives all of us a little more tolerance is that too much i think that's maybe right no, I think I think that's what art does. You know, you 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 and I did worked on that Chekhov play together way back on the Three day. Sisters. You know, we love Anton Chekhov, and we both come from a theater background. And you tell these stories, and you're hoping that people go into a dark theater and watch characters try and live their lives and try and fail and try and succeed occasionally. And they do the same thing on a television show, and it hopes that it just increases the humanity that we have a bigger heart and more compassion one for another. It, it, it's, it's incremental. It's by degrees. Right. But hopefully the office has made a little bit of difference in that respect. Yeah. Rain, thank you so much for talking to me. I love you. I appreciate our friendship so much. And, um, and good luck. Brian, you're such a kind and good person. And congrats on the success of this wonderful show. And... It's been an honor being on it. I miss you living way down in extreme Southern California <laughs> that you live. I'm not going to say any town names, but um, I hope that when you're up here too, we can actually see each other and have a, a nice big hug and a big slobbery kiss because you know I'll go for it. Uh, no, there's no doubt you'll go for it. Well, I have to come because I, I have- That's what I she have said. There you go. No, I, I have to see the, the white peacock. You've got to go see. You've got to meet Alma. Yeah. And bring the kids up to see Alma and the, feed the pigs. Okay. Done.
It's a promise. We'll get Oscar and, and Ursula and we'll, we'll yes. make a day of it. All right. I love it. Thanks, Rain. Love you, Brian. Thank you. Well, folks, there you go. With Rain Wilson, it is always going to get really deep. There you have it. A brief glimpse into the many facets, the many the many sides of Rain Wilson and, well, a taste of what you're going to get if you tune into Metaphysical Milkshake with Rain and Reza on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. It's everywhere. Again, if you want to find out more about Lide Haiti, L-I-D-E Haiti dot org. Rain, thank you so much. When you talk to Rain, you're going to cover a variety of topics. Next week, we're going to hear from the incredible, the hilarious Ellie Kemper, uh, of course, who played Aaron Hannon on the show, The Office. Thank you so much for stopping by. I hope that you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our producers for this episode are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. This episode was brought to you in iHeart3D Audio. To experience more podcasts like this, search for iHeart3D Audio in the iHeartRadio app. Hi guys, I'm Jade Iovine, and I host Tell Me About It, the podcast that is the antithesis of a success story podcast, where we leave things like girl boss energy and lucky breaks at the door, and instead celebrate and commiserate about all the things that make us human. This is the podcast manifestation of those conversations you have with your best friend at 4 a.m. We have all kinds of women from all different walks of life, like Gwen Stefani, Steph Shep, Amanda Knox, Lala Kent, Raven Simone, and JoJo. Listen to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know that on the day Dr. King was shot, the all-black security detail normally assigned to him was called off. They are the ones who would not allow him to stay at any hotel with balconies. Chief Wallace, did you ever ask what this was all about? Yes. And what were you told? Told that I had been threatened. This is the MLK Tapes. The first episodes are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Joe Piazza, host of the podcast Under the Influence. If you tuned into our last season, you know that the world of mom influencers on Instagram contains multitudes. Yes, there are pretty pictures and gorgeous kids. And yes, there's lots of money behind a lot of those pictures. But there is also something much more dark and complicated going on in the background. 
And that speaks to everything that is wrong with how we treat women in the world. On season two of Under the Influence, we're advocating for the women who make content and the women who consume it. We're going into some of the darkest corners of the social media universe, and we might just have a plan to shut it all the hell down. Listen to season two of Under the Influence with Joe Piazza on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 